Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Have a Mop podcast. I'm here with Zachary Roberts and Anna, our intern. Um, I'll hand it off for them to introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Anna. I'm one of the IO interns at the event, and I'm very excited to meet Zach today. And I'm Zach. I uh, have the pleasure and honor of uh, contributing to this platform and, and being the spokesperson for a professional on the IO psych uh, uh, you know, domain. And uh, yeah, so I, I work on Twitter uh, and I've been here since November in the people analytics team. Uh, and I've worked in other places before, but I'm sure we'll get to that. But yeah, I'll uh, send it back to Anna for uh, some questions. Yeah, thank you so much, Zach, for being here. Um, I would like to start by asking you um, what it was like for you after high school um, did you know your career path right away? I, uh, it's a good question. And, and I can certainly tell you the answer is a definite no. Um, I, I think in college early on, I was in the pre-med, uh, route. Uh, and yeah, that definitely didn't work out. Uh, I, I cannot do physics to save my life. Um, and yeah, then I, uh, it kind of was a, a weird um, uh, process in that I, I was in an intro to stats course at DePaul University where I went to undergrad. And I was lucky enough that they had a IO graduate program. And so the faculty member who was teaching my stats course was a part of that program and, you know, suggested I maybe take an intro course in, in that, in that um, domain of psychology and, and kind of the rest is history. But yeah, that's how that manifested. Would you mind telling us how are the choices uh, you make now differ from the ones you made, um, say, five years ago? Uh, in terms of uh, my career choices? Yeah. Sure. Um, I think, uh, yeah, five years ago, I was in grad school. Um, I think since then I've certainly uh, accumulated a lot of different experiences and and have uh, gotten the opportunity to work with different people in different places, um, work on different projects. And I think through all those, the hope is that you take away learnings from them. And, and I think I have, uh, and, and you learn what you don't like, what you do like. Um, and, and so with that, I, I think I'm very much well off and better informed in terms of what I like to do uh, and how I make my, that's really how I make my decisions. So, uh, and I think that's a very personal, you know, uh, thing. Um, everyone likes different things. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of making sure that you pay attention to, to things and, and take note of, oh, maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe this was for me type, type uh, uh, observations as, as you gain experiences and, and do different things. Yeah. Um, and is there any advice you would have liked to give yourself um, five years ago or in the past? It's a good question. Uh, you know, hindsight is, is 2020, obviously. Um, but uh, I think uh, probably it was uh, around just being confident that, that you know, you have what it takes. Um, I think a lot of times everyone kind of goes through this and 
like imposter syndrome type process of I'm just early career. I don't really know what I'm doing um, type thought process. And, and I, uh, yeah, that, that's just not true. I think that early career folks are probably the, the most informed in terms of like best practice, um, like what you learn in school and, and what you've been told is best practice. And then as you kind of go into your career and, and get more experiences, that becomes a little bit more fuzzy. Um, but obviously you gain, you know, new knowledge and expertise around, you know, how to apply that in, in the real world. But yeah, so I, I'd say the main advice would be just to be uh, more secure in, in kind of where uh, you are early career. Yeah. Just kind of, sorry, just jumping in here. How would you, um, what would be your advice for, you know, for people to gain that confidence? Like, how would you, how did you go about gaining that confidence? I had a really good manager. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I think uh, that that was something that really was like pivoted my, my trajectory, I think, and, and my mindset. Um, so uh, yeah, I think the people make the place. It's kind of a, a cheesy saying. It's actually an academic article, uh, title of an academic article by Ben Schneider. I, I highly recommend reading it. But uh, essentially, the meaning behind that is you could be doing pretty much anything, but if you like, if you have fun, you like the people you work with and make you feel good about yourself and the work you're doing. I mean, uh, there's nothing really better than that. And so, yeah, being around, you know, intelligent people that, you know, bring you positive energy and, and make you think well about what you're doing is something that I'd probably, I'd highly recommend. It's probably my number one recommendation. I would like to know what is your definition of success and if you feel you're successful right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone's definition of success is different. It's a very you know, individual um, thing. Uh, I, um, I, I don't think for, for, for me personally, success is having an imp having a positive effect on my domain of work. Um, and so obviously you can break that down into different facets or components. Uh, I, you know, I've done that at work by like setting you know, work goals, but in terms of like, and maybe that's just something I should do on on my weekends, uh, but essentially set those aside for like, what does my career look like? I have not necessarily, you know, parsed that out on paper for myself. Um, but I, I think uh, for me, it's uh, continuing to have a bigger and bigger impact on, um, on, on the world of work through, you know, doing IO psych work myself. Uh, so uh, to your second question, do I think I'm successful? I would say that, yes, I, I think in, in general, I, I'm above the bar uh, for myself, uh, but there's still room to grow and, and make an even larger impact. And I think, you know, I'm not going to be a, 
a fully content person, I think, uh, always. Uh, and so I think for me, it's a matter of just setting goals for myself and, and uh, trying to achieve those goals. And sometimes uh, I look at, you know, where I'm at and it's not necessarily, you know, in alignment, but there's always that motivation to kind of, and, and hope to kind of further it. And I think where I'm at right now, personally, is, is kind of uh, where I saw myself. So happy with that, if that makes sense. I was also curious to know, um, what is your favorite and your least favorite part about the IO field? I think uh, the, at the, the common denominator of the work in the IO world is, is breaking things down into like its component parts and asking questions about the assumptions that those things take on. Um, the world of IO is huge, right? You have training development, you have talent management, you have, you have the INO sides, obviously, and, and that spans a lot of different areas of, of people science, essentially. Um, and so I, that I like, obviously, the variety that it offers, but more so, I think the common denominator is essentially, again, breaking down those parts. And when I hear about, like you always hear in the news or, or um, always hear about some problems at organizations or industries at large about systematic issues, that's really what IO, I hear IO psychology when people talk about systematic issues, whether it be systematic you know, racism or sexism or systematic issues with talent mobility, putting people in the right places um, to reach their potential. Um, it, the list goes on, right? But at the end of the day, what IO psychologists do in the apply world is kind of, they start with that question of, or that challenge, right? And then it's like a, a breaking down of that challenge. Okay, why are these things happening? Um, let's look at the component pieces and, and the education of IO psychology is figuring out like what are those components and kind of what are the levers we can pull uh, to have the most positive maximum impact on, on um, that challenge or that issue. Uh, and so that, uh, which goes back to my earlier um, answer about my, what my success definition sounds like uh, is having an impact on, on the world of work. Um, what I don't particularly find too great about IO psychology. I think it's a, it's in a weird spot and it's like life cycle, uh, the, the domain of IO psychology that is. And so there's no real knock on IO psychology, but I think as like a, a field, but I think as a field, we can do a lot better in terms of marketing and branding ourselves. Um, and getting a seat at the table. Um, I think obviously, you know, uh, we're getting there. It's just a little slow at this point in time. Um, and I think uh, I would love to see that maybe uh, progress and advance a little bit quicker. I, I know you say you guys kind of work with things about like, you know, systemic racism and how that's kind of such a big, you know, you know, issue and topic. And so how do you, I know it's easy to feel small with when dealing with issues so big. So how do you really, um, trying to see how I want to wear this, how do you um, 
remind yourself that you're like making a difference like how do you because you know it's easy to feel small when dealing with such big issues like how do you remind yourself that like I'm part of the bigger picture I think it, it depends on where you like what you're doing right so it, in my role at, at a consulting company um, we were offering you know pre-hire assessments for for hiring purposes uh, well, among other things, but, uh, and so part of that work was uh, looking at what is called adverse impact or, or the parity in terms of hiring rates or uh, pass rates between different demographic subgroups. Um, so that plays into the whole equity, um, you know, lens, right? And so, um, Part of that work was looking at those numbers. Uh, numbers, as, as some people say, numbers don't lie, right? So I think uh, having that empirical background that I that I have from, from grad school has allowed me to kind of um, make sense of it all a bit more. Uh, and, and and certainly, you know, sometimes you do lose track of like, oh behind these numbers are, you know, real people that, you know, are just like me. Um, and, and so I think, uh, again, it's surrounding yourself with the right people too, that would kind of remind you of, of the impact that you might have and, and, and what your work means in the broader context. Um, so I think it's a matter of kind of balancing, um, your heads down focus of, all right, I gotta do X, Y, Z uh, to make that impact. And also taking your head above the water and, and, and breathing a little bit and having a broader conversation about, okay, how is this really impacting, you know, the, the world and society and, and um, you know, what does this mean for, for you know, uh, future progress in, in this area? So um, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, but. I know like it's easy, you know, especially just like the, you know, the American lifestyle, it's easy to kind of get like caught up in like work. And so do you think like the pandemic, not saying that much good has come from the pandemic, but the good that has came, do you feel like you were able to find more of a balance because of the pandemic? Like, have you been able to kind of um, put your focus more on like relationships or other aspects of life rather than you know, just work or, cause I know it's easy to get caught up in, you know, work and professional life and everything. Yeah, that, that's a hard, it's a good question. It's a hard one to answer because for, for me at least, because my job situation changed through the last year and a half. Um, so I can't really do an AB test there. Um, if you ask me that in like five years, I might have a better answer for you, but to your point, yes, I think that uh, there is a silver lining in that, uh, yeah, I, I've had time to reflect and, and think about a little bit deeper about, you know, who it is I am focusing on and, and, and hanging out with. Uh, and also career-wise too, I think it's, it's helped me think about that and reflect a bit more too about, okay, I do like this, I don't like this. And, and it's allowed me to kind of bring my head above water and see the broader picture. Um, I think previously without any like 
pandemic, uh, people were kind of heads down a lot of the times and, and very much, uh, you know, typing away at their computers, um, doing their tasks as, as needed. Uh, but I think on the whole, the pandemic has allowed people to take a step back and, you know, uh, look at the computers and, and, and think about, oh, what am I doing here? Uh, uh, let, let's figure it out. What's, what's going to be the best thing for me? Um, so yeah, I think there's certainly silver linings. I'm not sure it's those uh, silver linings will, I guess, last uh, into the future. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about um, your work. Uh, we know you have worked at Parametrics and PepsiCo, and now you're working at Twitter. Um, would you care to talk a little bit about uh, how your day-to-day -day, um, works uh, for each of them? So my first stop out of grad school was at PepsiCo, and I worked in a what they call a center of excellence. That's not a phrase that that I made up. Uh, called talent, uh, global talent uh, assessment and development. Uh, and and there, my remit was focusing on um, processing and and processing uh, leaders through a variety of assessments, psych psychometric assessments, um, and getting those data points, uh, those, those scores, and putting them into reports. Uh, but that part is obviously super important because those reports and those data are used for two really kind of important things. One was uh, to give it back to that leader so that they can develop into an even better leader um they would use those reports with their like uh, third party coaches internal mentors uh to the company etc um so it's very valuable for them as participants uh and then the other uh, usage was for succession planning so uh, those reports would be seen by various other uh, hr leaders at pepsico uh, and used to figure out okay who might be a better fit or a good fit to secede you know joe schmo in in you know singapore for this position or you know whatever the case might be um to prepare pepsico and, and plan for the future right uh and so that was a really cool experience i had a great time there and I got to learn kind of the ropes and how a well-oiled machine runs. Um, they have a great practice there uh, and learned a lot. But, you know, from there, I uh, moved to Pymetrics, which, so PepsiCo, 300,000 person company, Pymetrics at the time, 80 person company. So a little bit of a, a shift there. Uh, and I was able to um, kind of narrow in on assessment as a focus uh, in my role and also uh, get uh, experience in terms of dealing with a variety of different companies and different problems. Um, and, and so I was an external consultant in my first role at Pymetrics and I had a great manager there uh, and I was able to learn a lot about, you know, the regulatory environment around assessments and adverse impact, obviously. Uh, and I was able to also, uh, to some extent, uh, design and support the, the uh, 
improvement of our process at Pymetrics because when I joined, it was certainly kind of a an ad hoc, uh, you know, work arrangement where I was might I might have been needed for um, a, a client call here or a prospect call here, but over the course of time, we we really built a pretty solidified and and streamlined process of. Uh, you know, you're on this client team, right? Um, so you're familiar with the client, you get to know the problems intimately, you get to know your client team at Pymetrics. And, and so I was able to really provide a lot more effective consulting work there. Um, and so that was generally my, my remit at, at Pymetrics, but that evolved over time where then I started to focus a little bit more internally uh, around the, the features and solutions that we were selling to the, to the world uh, and also um, just uh, updating and, and uh, improving our, our evidence that was backing the, the solutions we were selling. Um, and so it was, I turned to an operations type role uh, where I, I managed a project office and so there's a lot of projects that were part of that office. Um, some were research-based, so that was the evidence collection uh, world where we were looking at some of the data that we were taking in from our assessments. Um, and then some of it, some of the projects were focused on either add-on features to existing solutions or, or actually just new solutions in general. Um, so something like a video-based interview platform that had not existed at that point. And so uh, one of my projects was focused around that. Um, and so, yeah, it was a really cool way to kind of make a mark on, on, on the world of assessment and, and learn a lot uh, while, and, and work with great people while, while I was doing it. Um, then I uh, moved to Twitter uh, where I'm at now. And I have a pretty singular focus in my role. Uh, it is a large project, however, uh, it's called the uh, competency framework. So it's part of even a larger project, but essentially my work is focused on defining what success looks like across the company of Twitter. Um, that it exists uh, for Twitter, uh, but it's differentiated by the, the different different uh, business lines of, of Twitter. Uh, and so what we're focused on now is really trying to um, streamline what those are and, and make them more standardized across the company. So we can think about you know uh, mobility across lines of business. We can think about equity across lines of business in a very standardized and common way, which will really uh, allow us to achieve some of the more higher level business objectives that that uh, Jack, CEO and, and others have put out into the world. But that is uh, kind of the type of work I'm, I'm working on right now uh, and, and have in the past, but hopefully that answered your question. I was, I was wondering, um, you just started um, a business of your own, um, the Work Science Consulting. And um, I was wondering, um, what do you enjoy the most, working for a company, and being an employee or working as an owner uh, in your own project? I, I, I think it's hard to say which one I like more. I think 
every every place has you know their pros and cons. Um, so, I, and just to preface the the LLC that I created, uh, I, I it's not like a very heavy consulting practice that I have. I have about two clients, right? Um, I'm not looking to really expand that anymore at this point in time, um, but it has allowed me to kind of work with uh, a couple smaller operations uh, and partner with them and help them think through some IO challenges. Uh, and so I think that freedom and that, uh, that, um, that setup is really great for me. Um, plus it, it uh, makes sure that I'm not liable for anything that might go wrong, but I don't think anything will go wrong. But there's definitely that, that safety net there, which is awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think for me, the, the question comes down to like big company, small company, right. Um, which is kind of what the question is. Right. So I, I think working alone is very weird and I'm not used to it that I'll give you that, but working at a small company, I think is preferable for me. Um, cause you're able to really create and and um, you're, you have ambiguity, right? There's a lot of things that are unknown, don't necessarily know exactly what's going on or where things are or what to do in various situations. And that, that is obviously, a, for some people, a, a con of, of smaller companies. Um, but for me, that I see that as kind of an, an opportunity uh, and, and, a, and a, gr a good thing, because um, I'm allowed to kind of make my mark and create things and architect things and drive things that, that don't exist uh, in the way that I foresee them or vision them. Uh, and so, yeah, that that is kind of the difference for me um, as opposed to maybe a larger company. But I uh, hope, I'm not sure that got your question, but let me know. So do you think that uh, work that the IO field is flexible enough for you to work at a company, say Twitter, and then work on individual projects on the side? There is no lack of IO work out there and it's only gonna improve. I, I think there was a recent report actually, um, I can't name it right now, but th there's a variety of reports out there kind of highlighting how IO as a field is, is only gonna kind of grow it and uh, its reach and, and impact. Um, again, going back to my early answer, question or answer about marketing, I think we should be getting better at that as a field. But uh, that aside, uh, there is the caveat of, of uh, non-compete um, you know, agreements that you sign with your employers. I, I have an arrangement with Twitter. Uh, so I, I not breaking that arrangement, but typically, uh, generally speaking, yeah, that, that probably is not something that um, I might be able to do uh, at another employer. Um, uh, but my main focus right now in my work is, is Twitter, certainly. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that, that's kind of where I'm at in my, in my situation. But I think uh, there, there is certainly work across the board to, to be done in our field, for sure. 
talking about your like private practice or like your um, personal company, like what advice would you give to someone looking to execute like their own goal or kind of take a leap like by themselves and to, you know, start up their own practice or their own, you know, private company? Hey, I don't think necessarily I'm a, a massive success in that department, but uh, I can say though that um, uh, it is an investment, certainly an upfront in one. Um, in New York, there's certain costs and fees associated with setting up your LLC. Some really weird, nuanced, like very legacy historical laws that you have to abide by to set up your LLC, like uh, posting your uh, notice of your, the, the advent of your LLC in a random newspaper in New York State. Like that was something that I did not know was was something I needed to do beforehand and it costs a lot of money, but I think it was worth it. So there's those strange uh, things that you probably should be aware of before you kind of go down that route. Um, and, and and then I think on top of that, it's a, it can be obviously a, a probably a bit concerning or, or uh, not comforting uh, earlier on when you're kind of just starting out and you might have zero, maybe just one client. And for me, it wasn't necessarily like a, put my, I wasn't putting all my eggs in that basket, so to speak. Um, for some people that might be the case. And in that case, um, uh, yeah, I could foresee that being something that could be like disconcerting or, or discomfortable or uncomfortable, excuse me. Um, but, uh, uh, I think you, LinkedIn is a great resource, um, and uh, tapping into your to your uh, your networks is also obviously a, uh, a no brainer for me. Uh, and so, uh, the one or two clients that I have, I, I kept in touch with with um, an employer who uh, reached out via LinkedIn like a very long time ago, and we kind of just stayed in touch. Uh, you know, um, connected via email or, or a Zoom call like once every four months or so to see how they're doing. They're a startup company. I was excited about their business and want to learn a bit more about them. And and he, they wanted to learn a bit more about me and maybe if I had any recommendations for anything that they were working on. But then obviously that, that manifested and, and evolved into uh, a contract uh, with them a couple times. So yeah, it, sometimes it's just really a natural progression. Um, and and uh, yeah, make sure, I would say make sure that you don't put all your eggs in that basket, so to speak, until you fully know that's something that you want to dive head like you know, feet first in or whatever the phrase is, yeah. Do you feel that doing a PhD is undoubtedly necessary to succeed in the IO world? Or do you think that work experience uh, combined with a master's or something like that is more useful? The first question, do you need a PhD to be successful in the IO world? No, hard stop. Um, I, I think the, the broader question of, what's more useful or what will get you through that world of success that you see for yourself. 
I, again, it comes back to because everyone has a different definition of success for themselves. Um, it, it just kind of depends, right? Um, so, uh, but I can tell you kind of generally what like the differences will, uh, in terms of master's versus PhD will get you. Um, and, and I probably am not an expert in this at all, but uh, I'll, I'll put in my two cents here. Um, with a PhD, obviously you, the focus of those programs are typically uh, a little bit more deeper in terms of theory um, and statistics, as opposed to master's programs. Master's programs are a little bit more streamlined and, and typically focused on getting you ready for the applied world. Um, so what does a performance review look like or some of the best practices in performance evaluation? juxtaposing that against like a PhD program, they, you might do a deep dive into, uh, you know, uh, uh, performance rating training um, or the theory of performance. Um, you do have very philosophical conversations and, and seminars around, around those things. Uh, in addition to uh, performing statistical analyses around that. So, uh, you might uh, get a data set of, you know, performance data and look at that from a psychometric perspective. Um, and so those are probably some of the differences uh, in, in the programs. And again, I'm probably overgeneralizing, but that's how I, I would think about it. Um, and then in terms of what do those programs allow you to do, I think after seven-ish years, I think things kind of level out and how you progress in your career. But I think starting out, it certainly is probably kind of a difference maker um, because they do get, you know, those job postings that, you know, require a master's or a PhD, um, kind of depending on uh, the work requirements of, of that that role. Uh, and so I think um, with a PhD, obviously you have broader opportunities uh, uh, and it's on the whole looked more favorably upon than like a master's. However, I think a master's gives folks some great tools and, and knowledge about, you know, best practices uh, in IO and, and obviously it's quicker. And, and I think the two years that you might save with a master's versus a PhD, two to three years, give or take, uh, and use those years, you know, experiencing the world of work uh, might provide you, uh, you know, kind of the tools and resources that you need to achieve, you know, success for yourself and, and go in the route, the career route that you want. Um, it just, not to go around the question, but it really kind of depends on kind of what you want to do in your career. Um, have you ever felt that you would be um, happier or perhaps enjoy your job more if you uh, worked in a different IO, in a different psych, psych field. So for example, I don't know, clinical psych or experimental psychology. No, I, I couldn't see myself in a different field. I, I really do love IO. I think the problems that uh, we get to solve are, are really cool and interesting. Uh, and personally, I, yeah, I couldn't, Clinical 
no, too hard for me. I, I, <laughs> I um, yeah, dealing with other people's problems. I, mm, not sure if that's for me, you know. Uh, but I, uh, I definitely respect that field. It's, it's, it's a challenging field, and uh, it is a very interesting field as well. Just uh, something that I probably couldn't see myself in. What advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a PhD? Like, what were some um, challenges that you faced or some things that maybe you wish you had known before? Comes down to uh, just a culmination of the, some of the things I've already mentioned about really surrounding yourself around like by the right people. Um, I, I got in a couple of grad programs and I selected the one where I like the people. I mean, it, I think there's a lot of great programs out there and a, a lot of great opportunities out there, not only programs wise, but career wise, job wise. Uh, and I don't think there's like going to be a perfect one. I think that that concept is probably outdated. Um, but uh, I think once you've kind of narrowed it down to, okay, this I could see this working for myself, um, whether it be a program or a job or a career, um, then it comes down to like, okay, who could I get along with best and who like how like how it's impacted personally. Um, so I think to your question about advice, I think I think that would be it. Is right. Like there's no perfect thing um, out there or, or you know opportunity. I think there's 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 going to be bad ones and good ones and of the good ones, you know you're not going to have a wrong answer there. Um, and just don't second guess yourself once you make that make that choice. How do you? stay inspired how do you stay um, positive when things go wrong you really for for io psychologists you really need to to be successful i think you do really need to care about kind of your work and so at the end of the day if like your proposal doesn't get the w or uh, the results of your analysis don't support your hypotheses um, i think the the inner kind of want to uh, improve the world of work uh, and knowing that, you know, a third of adults' lives are spent, you know, at work and just keeping that in the back of your mind as you go through, um, you know, uh, lows and highs, uh, I think is, is key for me at least. Um, and, and then uh, not being... Uh, I think this is something that I've learned too is, uh, you know, previously, you know, in the world of human behavior, behavioral science, you see like effect sizes that are minuscule, right? That are like, you know, uh, effect sizes of point, you know, two, which in any type of other science is, is you know, hogwash that would not be, you know, published in an academic journal. Um, but for, for human behavioral science, there's so much variety and variance in how humans interact and, and behave um, from a day to day. Um, it, that effect size is actually super meaningful, especially when you think about scaling your work. So I brought to provide some semblance of uh, an example. You know, you could be looking at like a predictively a relationship between an assessment score and performance of like you know, 0 0.1, 0 0.15. If you think about it in like a myopic view of just like one person, 
right? It, it doesn't mean much, but if you think about it in terms of this company hired, you know, 500 people, that means that you're improving performance for those 500 people on the whole, obviously generalizing uh, a lot. Um, and, and it's, you know, that means that they're in the right jobs. So they're probably you know, have better job satisfaction. And also the business is probably booming because of that. Um, so I think uh, kind of keeping the scaling and the impact in mind as, as you kind of go along. Uh, and also having the idea of kind of approaching work with a, like a growth mindset, more or less, right? I think with IO psychology, having so much room to grow as a field uh, and so much, so many research areas to look into that haven't been explored yet. Uh, and also the world evolves. And so that, that problem is never going to go away, right? Like COVID presented a huge, huge uh, new area of research for, for, for our field. And, and also not only research, but, you know, applied uh, IO psych work as well. Um, so I think just staying in tune with the world as it is now and what will be in the future and thinking about how um, how you can uh, impact that in the most positive way, I think is something that motivates me. My last question to you is, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, I'm not sure I have a really great answer here other than I hope that I am working in a place with really smart people uh, and I'm having a bigger impact than I'm having today. Um, uh, I know that's not a very specific answer, but I think that for me that that works um, and it allows me some flexibility in terms of my career planning and, and goals. Um, so yeah, I'll go with that for now. Um, and, and once this uh, COVID thing settles down, I might ask more specifics for you. Um, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. And Anna, thank you so much for being such a great um, interviewer. Um, but my last question for you is, you know, if you could leave us with one piece of advice or one lesson or just one statement, what would it be? Should I go to the thing that I've been saying all this whole time? The people yeah. make a place. Let's do that. I'm going with it. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been so fun and such a great conversation. And also thank you for anyone who is watching and um, Demi Vents has um, some great um, future guests for our Have a Map, Have a Map podcast, oh my gosh. But um, thank you guys so much for joining us and thank you Zach and Anna again for being here. My pleasure, thank you so thank much, you. both of you. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Zach, and thank you so much, Ariana, for inviting us. Of course.